This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Pets Aloud, Joy's very own show about pets brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home. Thank you to the Checkpoint team for keeping us updated on what's been happening in the gaming world. Kristen here keeping you company until five today and joining me to talk all things pets and animals is Dr. Alan Bolton, General Manager of Veterinary Services at the Lost Dogs Home. Alan, welcome back for another edition of Pets Aloud. Thank you. It's great to be here. Those of us who are lucky enough to share our life with a dog know the joy they bring us each and every day. Friendly in personality and loyal in nature, dogs really do make great companions. Dogs are our best friends, our exercise buddies and our family members. Some people even refer to their dogs as their fur kids. Our dogs play such a big part in our lives. They share our home and sometimes our bed. They join us in outings and holidays and they're included in our family photos. Once you've experienced the love of a dog, it's really hard to imagine life without one. It was photographer and writer Roger Carras who once said, dogs are not our whole life, but they make our lives whole. And I think this is definitely something that all dog owners probably (laughs) agree on. Absolutely. I can't imagine living without a dog. I know. I See, I never had dogs growing up. I always had cats and I was 21 years old when I got when we got our first family dog mm-hmm. and ever since then I just yeah I really can't imagine life without one see I was kind of similar we had cats from when I was really really young but I was always pestering mum and dad for a dog and I think I got my first one when I was about 12 or 13 so you did pretty good 12 years of pestering compared to my yeah, 21 yeah, years th- of pestering I think they realized by about 12 that I wasn't going to give up and that I was probably at that stage just about old enough to sort of look after it mostly by myself with a bit of supervision yep see i think what made it easier for me is that's when i started working at animal shelters and so seeing that side of things and how many dogs did need new homes and knowing that we could offer a wonderful home to a dog i think that made it a lot easier to sway them Mm. and so yeah we've had three shelter dogs since then yeah well i've got three at the moment and they're all shelter dogs so adopted pets are the best pets in my humble opinion they are (laughs) Now, today on Pets Aloud, we are celebrating our canine companions. So if you're a dog owner or a dog lover, please do stay tuned because there's lots coming up. And here's here's what's coming up. Yeah. If you want to get a new dog or puppy, we'll tell you why adoption is the best option. And our adoptions team, Libra Abby, will take you through the adoption process at the Lost Dogs Home. And because we do have so many dogs up for adoption as well. So um, you will meet one of those soon in our news wrap. And yeah, we will... Um hopefully uh, sway you to to consider adopting a a dog from a shelter and for all the dog owners or soon-to-be dog owners out there stay tuned because Dr Allen is in the house and is ready to give you some handy tips on how to keep your canine friend happy and healthy and we'll catch up with John for an update on his dog and best mate Roffy who was adopted from the dog's home back in 2013. And that is a tale of true mateship, those two. I caught up with John um, earlier this week. And, yeah, just wait until you hear the bond that he shares with Rafi is amazing. I can't wait to hear. And it's really changed. Um, One thing he talks about is how it changed his perception of shelter animals as well. So stay tuned for anyone out there who's not sure that they should adopt from a shelter. We're, We're sure John will help sway you. And from the weird to the wonderful, we're going to share some facts and stories about dogs that are sure to amaze you. 
all that plus our news wrap, pet of the week and dog dates coming up on today's dog special of Pets Allowed. The Pets Allowed News Wrap. A look at the news of the week from the lost dog's home. Now, Alan, would you like to kick off our first news item of the week? I sure would. At any given time, there are lots of dogs up for adoption at the lost dog's home. All patiently, or sometimes not so patiently, waiting for that special someone to come along and choose them. Some dogs are adopted within days or even hours, but for many they can spend weeks and sometimes months waiting to find their forever home. This is especially the case for big dogs, who are often overlooked in favour of their smaller counterparts. Big dogs make great pets. Sure, they eat more food and take up more space on the bed, but that just means there's more to love. And besides, they make up for it with their loyalty and devotion. No matter how long it takes, we're committed to finding new homes for our adoptable dogs where they'll receive the lifetime of love and care they deserve. Now, Whitney is just uh, one of a a few long-term residents up for adoption at our North Melbourne shelter, and she has spent more than 40 days watching her fellow sheltermates be adopted into new homes, so she really does hope it will be her turn very soon. Now, she is a big dog with a really big personality to match. Whitney is a five-year-old American bulldog who has been described as a lovable goofball, She's quite well known at our North Melbourne shelter with staff and volunteers falling in love with her goofy personality. Now, adoption attendant Beck said Whitney is a large girl with lovely manners. Despite her size, she is very gentle. Now, uh, Whitney is only five, so she's still full of love and life. Her funny antics always have us laughing uh, and bring lots of entertainment. Um, They will bring lots of entertainment to her new family. She likes to goof around and play, so if you're up for a good time, so is she. Now, Beck said Whitney can be quite playful and loves to run around, and she enjoys a cuddle and a yummy treat, don't they all? And in fact, Whitney is known to be a bit of a snuggler as well. She adores her humans and especially enjoys it when they give her a nice pat. Now, being calm and well-mannered around other dogs is something she hasn't quite mastered yet, but she's full of potential, and with training and leadership, we're sure she can grow into a model canine citizen. We think she'd also benefit from some group training classes. Beck said, Whitney's really strong, but she knows how to walk well on the lead. She's looking for a family that's interested in ongoing positive reinforcement training and that's happy to let her shine in her own time. She will bond strongly with her new family. Um, She has a little bit of hip dysplasia. Um, That's not uncommon for a dog of her breed and size. It's not causing any issues at the moment. And basically her new owners will just need to keep her on good food, watch her weight, and that should keep her happy and healthy. Does Whitney sound like you're a perfect match? If you're ready to adopt a dog and want to meet this goofy giant, call the friendly adoptions team at our North Melbourne shelter on 9329 2755 or drop in for a visit at 2 Gracie Street, North Melbourne. Her animal ID is 100 9858. And uh, now our second news item of the week is about our new website. Some of you may already have noticed, but our website, dogshome.com, has undergone a bit of a makeover. It's been a long time in the making, and we'll hope you enjoy the new site as much as we've enjoyed creating it. It's now easier than ever for you to find the information you need about the home and our programs and services, and about a huge variety of topics related to animal welfare and responsible pet ownership. You'll also find lots of heartwarming stories about the animals who come through our doors, and the people who work so tirelessly to help give these animals a second chance. It's also much easier to browse our dogs, cats, puppies and kittens who are up for adoption. So if you're looking for a new pet, definitely check it out and see for yourself. 
This new website is still very young and we've been working to iron out some minor tweaks. So we thank you for your patience during the launch. So what are you waiting for? Jump online and head to dogshome.com and have some fun exploring. And we also, you know, are always interested in your feedback. So let us know what you think of the new site, what you think works. And and perhaps if you have any ideas to share, you can um, shoot us an email at lostdogshome at joy.org.au. Uh, and as Alan just mentioned, it is a lot easier to browse our dogs and cats up for adoption. And now we are going to introduce you to just one of them. This week's Pet of the Week. So this week's Pet of the Week is Tidda, a gorgeous five-month-old staghound cross Kelpie pup who is up for adoption at our Compaspe shelter up in Echuca. Now Tidda is a very sweet and gentle pup who's looking for a new place to call home. She loves attention from her human friends and she also gets along quite well with other dogs too. Now, although she is a pup and has plenty of energy to burn, she actually doesn't mind lazing about and just enjoying the simple pleasures. Now, Tida hasn't had much training in her past, so she loved to learn lots of new things and ace her dog manners. She'd like to try obedience training and we think she would make a really great student. And this will also be a great way as well for you to bond with each other while you learn together. And plus, she does have a very active mind, so also a great source of mental stimulation for her as well. Now, if you like to get out and about for walks and runs and you have a bit of a playful streak, so does Titter, so you could be perfect for each other. Now, she is still young and bounding with puppy energy and enthusiasm, and she is really friendly, so... She's still got growing to do. So at this point, it's best that she's supervised around children just because, you know, she is a bit goofy and and she's going to be a big dog and she might accidentally bump them over in all of her enthusiasm and excitement. Now, Titter's ID number is 10118844. If you miss that ID number or just want further info on how to adopt, you can look for Titter on the Lost Dogs Home website, which is dogshome.com. You can also contact our Compassby Shelter on 54803005 or why not drop in for a visit in person. Uh, you can find the shelter at 520 Mackenzie Road, Echuca. Now, uh, just a note, if you are looking to adopt from the Lost Dogs Home, it is definitely a good idea to give the shelter a call before you visit. And that's just to make sure that the animal you're interested in is still available and isn't already going through the adoption process with another family. Now, have you been thinking about welcoming a new dog or puppy into your family? Animal shelters across the country have so many pets in need of a second chance. And up next, we'll tell you why adoption is the best option. You'll also hear a bit about the adoption process at the Lost Dogs Home. Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. By adopting from an animal shelter or rescue group, you'll be giving a dog or puppy a much-deserved second chance, which is a very rewarding thing to do. At the Lost Dogs Home, our adoption team is committed to helping our animals find new homes and to helping you find your perfect pet. Earlier this year, Pets Allowed presenter Sam caught up with Abby, who's our adoptions team leader, to learn more about the adoption process at the home. The first thing that we encourage um, adopters to do is to pop in, come Mm -hmm. and have a chat to us. Um, It's very personalised service, I guess, that we provide. It's very discussion-based, so finding out sort of a little bit about you, your lifestyle, what kind of pet you're interested in um, and what you'd like the pet to be comfortable with so um, I guess that's where we would start um, you can also give us a call as well we can provide you with some information 
over the phone if need be. We have a lot of clients that come from a long way, so we are sensitive to that as well. There is a little bit of paperwork involved, um, microchip in particular, that's a legal requirement, so we have to do that. Um, it's obviously the boring part, but uh, we have to do it. That's one of those things. <laughs> it's compulsory. Yeah, that is, that is right. <laughs> we also go through the medical paperwork as well, so there's a little bit of, you know, stuff that you have to give to your council and all the legal stuff we of course cover those bases as well so it does require a little bit of time but it's ultimately to make sure that all bases are covered when somebody comes in and and does eventually adopt yeah that's exactly right before someone comes into the home perhaps to have a look at the adoption animals in the flesh what research should they consider doing before coming in I guess the main things that we would recommend that clients sort of have a think about beforehand is really about themselves and the kind of pet that they're looking for. Lifestyle, I mentioned that before. Really important to have a think about what kind of things do I want my new pet to be comfortable with? Do I want my dog to hang out at the dog park? Do I want to, you know, hang out at the beach? Or or do we live a little bit more of a relaxed lifestyle and spend a lot of time at home or other pets in the household do I need my dog to be comfortable with a cat or does my cat need to be comfortable with another cat Um, kind of thinking about themselves as much as thinking about what kind of animal they're looking for um, to adopt so it does take a little bit of just not so much planning but just careful thought before yeah I think that's a great way to put it absolutely does an adopter need to bring in any information or documentation with them when they go through the adoptions process well, I guess a photo ID, we certainly, as a legal requirement, we, we have to have something along those lines. But as I said before, the process is really discussion-based. So um, in the past, we used to ask for a lot of documents, make you jump through a lot of hoops and probably, you know, ask you to prove what you had for breakfast. So, you know, <laughs> I guess we're, we're moving more towards having a conversation with our clients and understanding their needs that way rather than ticking a box, so to speak. If an adopter comes in but they can't find what they're looking for on their first visit, uh, what should they do? The first recommendation, if um, our clients have access to the internet, um, we've got an excellent website that is updated Tuesday through to Saturday usually. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a stringent time frame, but um, it's updated every day um, as well. And having a look on there, and everybody that's available for adoption is on that website. So dogs, cats, kittens, um, puppies as well are on the website too. Uh, or if you haven't got access to the internet, we encourage you to give us a call as often as you like. Um, we have a couple of clients that call us every day and we love hearing from them, so that's that's awesome. And also coming in, mm. come and see us, develop a relationship with us. We've got some regulars as well that pop in. Uh, yeah, and we can help you out that way. Great. And what other advice would you give to somebody looking to adopt an animal from the Lost Dogs Home? Come in and see us. That's the main one. Pop in and come and see us and, and start that conversation, open up that dialogue so that we can hopefully help. And I guess the other thing to, to talk about is um, the dreaded returns. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people think, oh gosh, it's not working and oh, they're going to hate me if I go back. Um, really, that's, that's gosh, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, returning an animal or, or bringing them back if it's not working, that's, that's okay. Like, it's fine. And um, we really need to start having those conversations with, come and see us. Come and see us. We will try and help you as much as we can. We've got our lovely behaviour department as well that are open and willing to help. Um, and also, if, if it just isn't working, you, you've provided us with X amount of days of valuable content and information. And we'll use that to then help this lovely animal find another home and start narrowing down the criteria not only for the pet but also our clients start to narrow down their criteria and 
and try and find the perfect match. And it could take a couple of goes, and, and that's fine. Mm. Um, and I guess that uh, reflects our return rates for the month of January. They were amazing, 2%, which yep. is actually the lowest ever recorded um, that we can find data for. And it's just spectacular with the changes that we've made that we've been able to achieve this in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, our process is already working, which is magnificent. No, that's Couldn't fantastic. Be mm. It's really good. And it shows the commitment as well of the adoptions team to wanting to find where possible the right pet for the right person and if they can't find it at the home even providing recommendations of other places you can go to that's that right thing yeah well. yeah yep we have relationships with our rescue um programs and our pathways that we do we utilize there and absolutely if they're looking for a particular type of dog or and we we know that another rescue group might be able to help absolutely we provide that information that was Adoptions Team Leader Abby talking us through the adoption process at the Lost Dogs Home. Now, if you are ready to welcome a canine companion into your life, there are lots of dogs who are patiently waiting to find their forever homes. And you can browse our adoption candidates uh, online at dogshome.com or drop in uh, in person at our North Melbourne or Compassby shelters. Now, are you looking? Oh, are you a dog owner or a soon-to-be dog owner? You won't want to miss what's coming up next. We have Dr. Allen in the house, ready to answer some common questions about the health and well-being of our dogs. Pets allowed on Joy ninety-four point nine. Dogs can live from 10 to 20 years and as pet owners there are lots of things we can do to help keep our canines happy and healthy. Now Alan, we've put together some of the most common questions about our dog's health and well-being so are you ready to go? I will do my best. Okay so the first one is what kind of diet should we be feeding our dogs? So we would generally recommend that your dog's diet is based around a good quality commercial, commercially produced dried dog food. Um, and you can get those in all sorts of pet sh- shops or your vets can recommend recommend you one. Um, they come in different formulations for different ages. Um, so you want to pick one that sort of suits your dog if it's older or a puppy or, or whatever. Um, and to that you can, th- that can be their basic diet and then to that you can add sort of other things so i mean dogs are omnivores so it's okay to add some veggies um when i'm feeding my dogs they eat pretty much just dry food but they get lots of things to chew to clean their teeth so things like um you know kangaroo tendons strips of pig's ear because they're small they get raw bones it's really important obviously not to feed them cook bones or chop bones that sort of thing um sometimes they get chicken wings but basically it should be based around a good quality commercial dry dog food there are other options. Um, some people like raw diets and feed their dogs meat. Um, if you're going to do that, I really think it's worth talking to your vet and getting some advice so that it can be hard to create a well-balanced diet by yourself at home. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, this is one that I always get a bit confused on as well. Our dogs obviously do need to be vaccinated. So firstly, can you tell us why vaccinations are important? And secondly... What vaccinations do our dogs need and how often? So um, dogs have... The Australian Veterinary Association defines two types of vaccines for dogs. So there's core vaccines, um, which includes parvovirus, distemper and hepatitis, and then non-core vaccinations, which are everything else. So things like kennel cough, bordetella, sometimes leptospirosis and those sort of things. Now, they generally recommend that they have the core vaccines every three years. Um, 
but then they will need the non-core vaccines, which depend on where they live, whether they're going into kennels, that sort of thing. They're recommended every year. So core vaccines every three years, the rest of them every every year. But there's a little bit of confusion because a lot of the vaccines, even the core vaccines, we don't have, the manufacturers don't have evidence that they will actually give more than a year's protection in some cases. Oh, okay. So sometimes we do those every year just to make absolutely sure. Okay. Um, so, and really your dog should be seen by a vet every year. So it's, it's a good idea just to talk to your vet, get them in once a year and you can discuss what their requirements are. Puppies, um, puppies need multiple vaccinations from about six to eight weeks of age because they get some protection from their mother and if they still have that you've got to get a balance so that protection wanes and if you vaccinate them while they've still got that protection it can knock out the vaccine so it doesn't work so that's why we repeat it until they're about 16 weeks of age to make sure that we vaccinate them once their maternal immunity is waned Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It makes a lot more sense now. I'm not so confused. So what are some of the most common medical conditions that we should look out for in dogs? Um, look, it depends very much um, from breed to breed, big dogs, little dogs. Um, I think everyone really, you you know, everyone knows their own dog. You spend a lot of time with your own dog and, and you pick up if there's something not quite right. Um, and in that case, it's really best to seek veterinary advice um most dogs you know don't end up getting anything too serious until they're sort of middle-aged or older so that's when you really need to be seeing a vet regularly um but you know things like big dogs are more prone to things like arthritis joint problems little dogs are more prone to heart disease um and then there are lots of breed specific things as well so um, I think just making sure your dog gets checked up once a year is the main thing. Alan, thank you for that great info and advice on how to keep our dogs happy and healthy. Now, obviously, there are lots of other topics um, that we haven't had time to cover. But if you do have any concerns about your pet's health, please do see your vet. Um, or you can book an appointment at the Frank Samways Vet Clinic by calling 93292755. Now, a lot of people who have adopted from an animal shelter tell us that their pet has changed their life. Up next, you'll hear a heartwarming update from John, who adopted his best mate, Roffy, from the Lost Dogs Home. Joy 94.9. You're listening to Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9, and today we're talking all about our canine friends. Now, every day at the Lost Dogs Home, we get to see the start of the lifelong friendships that form between people and their newly adopted pets. And we do get quite attached to the dogs and cats while they stay with us. So we really love seeing them head off to their forever homes where they'll receive the lifetime of love and care that they deserve. Many people who adopt their pet from the home keep in touch with us and send us regular updates, photos and videos. Seeing our former shelter residents flourishing in their new home and enjoying family life, nothing compares to that. Late in 2013, animal lover John was looking for a new dog when he was told about the lost dog's home. It was at our Compassby shelter that he met Ruffy, a Tenterfield terrier who was full of energy and enthusiasm. There was an instant connection between them and the rest is history. Today, Ruffy and John spare, share an incredible mateship. Earlier this week, caught up with John for an update on how Ruffy's getting on and to find out what inspired him to adopt from an animal shelter. Why did you choose to adopt Ruffy? Well, it was sort of a long story. I, um, I bought a collie, died of a snake bite um, back in 2013. Before then, I'd never really considered or even heard of shelter dogs, and someone suggested the Lost Dogs Home. 
you know, and then just talk about the benefits, like you're actually saving a life and everything like that, and that sort of all rolled from there. And then I, uh, I've been looking around a few dogs. I went to the Melbourne shelter, saw this little Jack Russell there, and I thought, oh, well, he's nice, but he's not for me. But then I looked at the Uchuka one, branch of the Lost Dogs home there, and there he was, and I thought, right, that's him. So I went and saw him, and... Uh, I got him out of the cage, threw a ball in front of him, and he jumped on. I thought, yep, he's the one for me. Yeah, so, I'm like, so basically it just all rolled from there. And how did he settle in once you took him home? Oh, he had a bit of a nervous weeing problem because, like, before he'd... Uh, it's probably why he ended up astray and ended up being in the pound, you know, and he was just a little bit nervous, but he settled in pretty quickly. Uh, within a week, you know, like, he was sort of like, this is my yard and that sort of thing and everything, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was good. And so today, what does Rofi love to do? What are his favourite things, his favourite activities? Well, this morning we went to the beach, you know, and he uh, he basically looks for an excuse to go and jump in amongst the waves. He chases <laughs> things in there. He actually literally dives under waves to get to things, you know, like he gets dumped, all four legs go in the air, but he just doesn't phase him. He comes out, drops a toy, backs up and says, let's go again. <laughs> he's fearless because he's only a small little dog as well. He's only small, yes, but um, he's just with all his fitness and everything like that because he's just so muscle-bound. When I was living in Victoria, I was training to join Victoria Police. So I was going on uh, lots of runs and he was coming with me all the time. And at the end of a 10K run, he was still pulling on the lead. <laughs> yes, we've, just, uh, was we've, unreal. we've seen the videos that you've shared with us of him um, going for a swim and pretty much just refusing to come out. Looks like he could swim all day. Well, have you, have you seen his Facebook page? Not yet, but we will check that out and we will post a link as well so everyone who's listening now can check that out. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's called, anyone can find it, it's called Roffy the TT. That's R-I-F-F-I-E, the TT, and TT stands for Tantalfield Terrier. So He's got about 60 likes at this point, you know, and it's, uh, everyone gets on and says, what a happy little dog. What do you love most about Roffy? His friendly nature and temperament, you know, like, he can, uh, like, he clip his nails or anything like that. If you hurt him, he doesn't growl or bite. He just he just gums you. He'll take his medicine and everything like that very cooperatively like, you know, and just snuggle up to you afterwards. He's just, there's not a mean bone in his body. By the same token, he doesn't take any nonsense from other dogs. He went down the beach there one time and had this big uh, Kelpie dog trying to play with him, kept on shoulder charging him and everything. And he just turned around and gave the dog an absolute gobble. He loves, um, loves interacting with other, other animals. Like, um, we had this when I lived in Victoria. There was this ginger cat lived up the street. He used to follow him. Anyway, I just wish I had the camera there that day. I didn't, but basically here it was. He was in sitting position. The cat was in a sitting position. The cat put his paw on his head. It was just so cute. Obviously, Rofi has brought so much love and companionship into your life. And so hopefully... Well, you know, like uh, with what I've been through the last couple of years, like I lost my home and everything like that. I got divorced and everything, you know, like yep. uh, really he saved me as much as I saved him. I'm, I'm in a pretty good place now. Like I've, I just keep on pushing on regardless, but there's, there's no doubt about it. He has helped me immensely. You know, just having him to come home to, you know, and, and to look after like a reason to live, if you like. No, it's just been, just been fantastic. I couldn't have asked for a better dog. So many people have said to us about their adopted pets, I didn't rescue them, they rescued me. Well, that's exactly right. It's just unreal how my perception of shelter animals has changed because like in the past, I used to think, oh, they're probably just a flea-bitten thing which nobody wanted. You know, just basically what you have. But when you look into a bit deep, you sort of go, you know, there's perfectly got animals here. There are no followers that ended up there, like might have been an unwanted puppy or something like that, but yeah, rescue organisations, you know, like there's lots of perfectly got animals out there. And, and like there's perfectly good dogs like that around the country in different locations that um, because of overcrowding, you know, get, get euthanised every day, which is very sad too. For anyone yeah. out there who's maybe thinking about getting a new dog, why do you think shelter pets make great pets? Well, basically, they I, I, they did say they do bond closely with the new family because they know you rescued them, and that is exactly right, you know? Like, uh, with Rafi, I got the photos when I first got him. He was just so eager to please. 
you know, and uh, he was just uh, like, wow, this, look at this, you know, like, I never forget the time I put it, I got his new candle and I put his bed in front of him. He put a paw on it, looked up and looked at me if to say, is this really for me? I just brought, brought a tear to my eye, fair dinkum, you know, it's just um, just amazing. He's just um, done it like he was about six kilos when I got him. He's now a healthy eight kilos, just put it all, all on in muscle. You know, everyone goes, wow, look at him, look at him go, you know, he's just um, just amazing. This big smile he gets on his face, you know, and he, and the way he interacts with people is just fantastic. That was John giving us an update on his dog, Roffy, who he adopted from the Lost Dogs home back in 2013. Now, if you want to experience the love and companionship of an adopted dog, just like John has, you can browse our adoption candidates online at dogshome.com. Now, most people who own a dog will probably agree that they're very special creatures. Up next, we're going to share some fun facts and incredible stories about our canine friends that will prove how amazing they really are. This is Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9 and today we're talking all about dogs. As pet owners, we all find our dogs fascinating and think they're amazing, of course. However, there are lots of weird and wonderful facts about our canine companions that you may not know. There are also lots of stories from around the world about incredible things dogs have done. We're going to share some of our favourite with you now. First, let's hear some interesting facts about dogs. Now, you may have heard the myth that dogs are colourblind. This is actually not true. Dogs can see more colours than just black and white, but they can't see colours as vividly as humans can. Mm, it's something to do with rods and cones. I can oh, remember. Wow. Yeah, you've got. Uh, I think rods do black and white, and cones do colour, and humans have more cones, and dogs have more rods. Wow, something like that's that. Fascinating. But I just dredged that up from somewhere. <laughs> um, a group of dogs is called a pack or a kennel. The oldest living dog on record died at 29 years and five months of age. Bluey was an Australian cattle dog who actually lived here in Victoria. And just like we have our own unique fingerprints, dogs have their own unique nose prints. Dogs only have sweat glands in between their paw pads, but nowhere else on their body. Which is why it's important to keep them cool in the hot. Um, a dog's sense of smell is much higher than a human's. Dogs have between 125 and 300 million um, sen- sensory glands, while humans only have 5 million. And right across the world, there are more than 150 recognised breeds of dog. Um, a dog can hear up to four times the distance that a human can. In 2015, the, mo- the uh, top five names for pet dogs were Bella, Charlie, Max, Molly and Ruby. And dogs have three eyelids on each eye. They have that little third eyelid that sometimes causes problems. Uh, now, so by now you're probably thinking that dogs are pretty cool and amazing creatures. But if you're not convinced, just wait until you hear a couple of the stories that we're going to share with you right now. And so the first story is about a dog named Rizelle. So on the morning of September 11, 2001, Michael Hingson, who is blind, went early to his office on the 78th floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Centre and his guide dog, Rizelle, was right by his side. At 8.46am, a a tremendous boom rocked the building as a plane crashed into it, sending people into an unimaginable panic. Michael grabbed Rizelle's harness, trusting that she would lead him to safety, and they headed to a stairwell. Now they had to descend more than 1,400 steps to the lobby and the stairwell quickly grew crowded and hot and the fumes from jet fuel made it really hard for them to breathe. So when a woman became hysterical, Roselle nudged her until she finally petted the dog, calmed herself and kept making her way down the stairs. Now as people descended, firefighters headed up the stairwell. They offered to help Michael but he politely declined. Some of them petted Roselle and, you know, that provided many of them with what would be their last experience of unconditional love. 
After about 45 minutes, Michael and Roselle reached the lobby and a further 15 minutes later they emerged outside onto a scene of chaos when suddenly the South Tower began to collapse. Michael kept a tight grip on Roselle's harness and used voice and hand commands as they ran to a street opposite the crumbling tower. Now the street bounced like a trampoline, debris fell from the sky and a deafening roar filled the air. Hours later, Michael and Roselle made it home safely. Michael later became a spokesperson for Guide Dogs for the Blind, which was the organisation that had trained Roselle. And in 2004, Roselle developed a blood disorder and she retired from guiding and touring three years later. And she passed away in 2011. That's a pretty amazing story. It is, um, isn't it? The next one we have is about a doi- uh, dog called Taz. Um, and in December 2006, sporting champion Danielle Ballangri went for a run in Moab, which is in Utah, USA. Her mixed breed dog and running buddy Tasman, also known as Taz, was by her side. Little did she know that Taz was about to save her life. About halfway into her run, Danielle slipped and fell a harrowing 60 feet, which is about 20 metres, down a rock face and shattered her pelvis. She wasn't paralysed, but she knew something was seriously wrong and couldn't stand up and was in excruciating pain. She tried to drag herself along the canyon for about five hours. It was soon dark and sub-freezing, with the temperature dropping to 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which is minus 6 Celsius. She was suffering from frostbite on her hands. She managed to drink some water from a puddle to keep herself hydrated. Throughout the night, Danielle did her best to move her head, feet and hands in an effort to keep herself awake so she didn't fall asleep and freeze to death. Taz stayed right by her side. She carried on dragging herself along the ground, but the pain made it almost impossible. Taz would run up and down the canyon and return to check on her every now and then. She spent yet another night in freezing conditions, and after two more, after two, more than two days, during the pain and exhaustion fighting to keep herself alive, she was faced with the prospect that she may well die there in the canyon. That was until Taz ran up to her and gave her a reassuring lick on the face when he wagged his tail. Danielle noticed a plane overhead. It circled around her. Moments afterwards, a man appeared on an all-terrain vehicle to rescue her from where she'd been for 52 hours in agonizing pain. Taz let out a whimpering cry and licked the man's hand. As it turned out, authorities had spotted Taz heading towards town, but it appeared he didn't want to be caught, so instead they followed him and he led them to Danielle. After surgery and long rehabilitation, Danielle fully recovered from her injuries, and thanks to Taz, she was given a second chance at life. The Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, Los Angeles, awarded Taz with a National Hero Dog Award. That is an amazing story. And, you know, these stories certainly do tug at the heartstrings and are just some of the many examples of dogs going above and beyond for their human companions. Now, we've almost reached the end of another show, but before we go, we're going to fill you in on some pet-friendly events happening around town. That's up next in Dog Dates. You're listening to Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. Your pet's community calendar. This is Dog Dates. Now we do um, only have one dog date this week. Alan, would you like to tell us about it? That's right. It is the Pets Market at Ceres, which is next Sunday, the 29th of May, 10am to 4pm at Ceres Environment Park, corner Roberts and Stewart Streets, East Brunswick. Um, Bring your pooch along for a day of shopping and socialising. You'll be able to enjoy lots of market stalls, but your dog won't miss out on the fun. There will also... There will be handmade dog treats, dog massages, and you'll be able to have your photo taken with your dog. The team from Forever Friends Animal Rescue will also be there on the day with some dogs who are looking for their forever homes. Entry is free and your dog must be on the lead at all times. 
And that brings us to the end of another edition of Pets Aloud. Just a quick reminder before we go, this week's Pet of the Week is Titter, a five-month-old staghound cross puppy who's up for adoption at the Lost Dogs Home in Campaspe. A very sweet and friendly pup who's looking for someone who can train her and teach her her manners. Um, she will make a wonderful family companion. Titter's ID is 10118144. If you want to learn more about her, you can check out dogshome.com. Coming up next is Aaron bringing you the latest indie and alternative hits with Sass. Did you miss the show today? Don't worry, you can podcast it via our profile page at joy.org.au slash pets allowed. Thank you for tuning in for another week. Alan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's been fun. And don't forget to walk your dogs. And pat your cats. This is Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.